Minority Retort on X-Ray FM. X-Ray FM. Jason Lamb. Hello, everyone, and it's time for another edition of Minority Retort. My name is Jason Lamb, and this is the part where I usually say that I'm the co-host and co-producer of Minority Retort, the comedy show, which features all quote-unquote people of color comedians. It's hosted by myself, Julia Ramos, and a rotating ta- cast of quote-unquote people of color comedians that you can see at the Siren Theater. Uh, and that here on the show we talk to talented, creative, and thoughtful people of color who are doing big things in the community and the world at large. But first I want to talk about what's going on in the world at large. Uh, I've been gone for quite some time from uh, the show here, Uh, just as everyone else, been dealing with how COVID has taken its toll on the world. Um, and it's kind of left me uh, dealing with some other things in my life right now. Um, so I had to take a break for quite some time, and I, I want to shout out X-Ray FM and the numbers for maintaining uh, their position as a platform for people to talk, express their feelings, um, and get across what they need to um, and have people listen in and, and get information and perspective and hope. Um, but I had decided to just take a break for, from the show for a while and, and until things kind of calmed down um, with COVID and uh, I was gonna come back at some point. Um, but then George Floyd was murdered on the streets of Minneapolis. And I had some different thoughts I had a lot of thoughts. Uh, I had a lot of feelings. And a lot of them were anger, as you might expect, and despair and hopelessness. And thinking about what this means. And also among those thoughts was, well, I don't, I don't know if I really want to do a show anymore. I don't know if I really want to do a minority retort comedy show and radio show where I interview people of color, quote unquote. Um, because I don't know what good it really does. And I'm being honest here and trying to express what my thoughts were um, uh, since this this happened a few weeks ago. Um, And it's been challenging to determine what the best course of action is for me as a person and, and, and as a black man. And I've also been thinking about you know, what, what difference I can make? How can I contribute to a conversation that isn't just spinning into a hurricane 
and whether or not things really matter if you do that. So, I mean, those are, that's, those are the things that I've been thinking. But I finally came to a place where, after seeing over the past few weeks, how people have taken to the streets and, and made their voices heard and tried to make a difference out there. And, and I applaud everyone who's done that. And I encourage you to keep going. And even though I'm still stuck with those thoughts of despair, hopelessness, is anything really going to change? I'm really trying to work it out for, my, for myself. But I realize that now is not the time to be silent for anyone, but particularly if you're a black man that has a, a, the ability to come in and, and sit in front of a microphone and have your voice be heard by, I don't know what the listenership is in the station. I've never known, like a couple dozen people, I don't know. But if just one person listens, I guess, and we can penetrate a wall that's been built up over hundreds of years and with some with a different perspective then now's not the time to be silent and that time has got to be used for trying to make that difference um, but to be really honest with you I, I still am wrestling with with that with those all those feelings and I thought really how could I truly contribute to the conversation I, so I think what I've come up with is what I would like to try to do today and, and hopefully I'll be able to do over the next few weeks at least is just talk to members of the black community and give them a platform to to talk and that's what I'm going to do right now as I welcome in my guest today who is a very talented actor and photographer here in our local community and has been contributing uh, to these types of conversations uh, with his work. And it's a pleasure to welcome him on the show for the first time, Salim Sanchez. Salim, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being on the show. You know, I made the mistake of asking you how you were doing. I, I promised myself I wasn't going to do that because... <laughs> <laughs> Because what are you talking about? I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, that's what's I, going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Wait, why are you asking me that? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and, and the reason why I, I told myself I wasn't going to do that it was just a natural instinct for me to, to ask that. But you know, yeah. I, I'm sure that you have been asked uh, how you're doing over the past couple of weeks, many, many times, oh. as I yeah. have, um, yeah. in, in various uh, ways of communication from uh, from from various people in your life. Um, oh yeah. But I, I didn't want to really ask you that because, you know, like I said, it's, I, I don't want to make it about that. I don't want to make it about yeah. how are you feeling, you know, as a, as a black man and, um, and what can we do to help? Like, I, right. I'm beyond that point right now. <laughs> and, that's, yeah. and tied up in some of that, those feelings that I was talking about earlier are I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't want to be in a position to educate anyone. Right. That's, that's the thing. I, I've been telling people that, like, you know, I can say educate yourself, obviously, and I say that we live in the we live in the golden age of information. Everything that you really need to know, you can find it. Okay, 
um, that's just on you at this point. You you know, uh, black folks, we've been talking about this for centuries. We've been marching and doing this forever. Um, it's just it's just a matter of everybody else kind of catching up to what we've been what we've been yelling about and and, and mad about. You know, so there's no excuse. I say there's no excuse for racism either. There's all the information you need to know. It's up to you, you know. So, but yeah, yeah, I've had a lot of people ask me what they can do, and I just say educate yourself. You know, um, if you have kids, raise up, raise your kid right. That's it. You know, give them the tools that they need to think for themselves, and that's about it. You know, yeah. Um, give us give us some time to breathe. Um, you know, that's that's it, you know? So, yeah, and, I know. And I, I, I guess I just want to, um, well, along the same lines, before I before I get into it real real deep here, uh, along those same lines, I was recently asked by a coworker, um, you know, who, I, I try not to to interact much with my coworkers. I try to keep yeah, it, you know, professional. But this one gentleman, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I sense that he's, you know, um, you know, he kind of gets it a little bit, right? Um, and right. so, you know, we kind of we'll we'll talk about things that are not work, right? You know, um, and he asked me, you know, if I'd been to any protests, and I, um, you know, I have uh, oftentimes have Seinfeld moments where I think of the thing that I should have said at the time afterwards, unfortunately, uh-huh. and what I should have said, yeah, <laughs> and what I should have said in that moment is. That's not really the question. The question is, have you been to any protests? Uh-huh. Thank you. Right? <laughs> um, yeah. What have you done? Like, why is it always up to me? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, you know, like, we've already, I've already done that. We've all done it. It's it's your turn now. Yes. How about that? <laughs> so, so for the yeah. purpose of this discussion today, I'm going to reframe the, the, the conversation a little bit, as I told you before, we uh, really yeah. leading up to today. And I'm going to do it by asking you this question. This series of related questions here. Sure. Do you feel hopeful that what's going on right now in the country will lead to meaningful change? If so, why? And if not, why not? I do think that this is bringing about change. Um, It's not going to happen overnight, um, obviously. Um, But I think it will. And and we're kind of seeing it unfold in front of us right now even with with the um, pandemic and unemployment being what it is in the economy I think that this has given us a good opportunity especially now that we're not as distracted by work and everything to really sit with ourselves and really think about what change looks like for all of us in the, you know on, on an individual level and then and then what's needed on a social level. I think that we are getting there. Um, finally, people are taking the time to really look inside themselves. I mean, look what's happening all over the world. Okay, you're seeing these marches all over the world. Places never thought that even like black folks. I mean, come on. Um, I think it's getting there. It's just, once again, this is not something that's gonna happen just like that, okay? Um, in order for this to really work, it has to be done thoroughly. Okay, we got to get in there. We got to get, you know, it has to start locally. It has to start in your home locally, and then it spreads internationally. Okay, um, I, I do. I, I'm. I think 
seeing what had been happening over the past few months, because it wasn't just George Floyd, it was all the other um, incidences that have happened that had just kind of led to a charge, you know, and, you know, you get inundated by these images and these videos one after another, you know, it's, it will sober you up, you know, after, after, after the rage subsides, that's when the work really starts to happen. And I think right now we're still in this shock and awe and we're just enraged about what happened. And you, any logical person will just sit there and be like, we got to do better than this. And I think right now, collectively, that's kind of what's happening. You know, there's a lot of things that hurt about seeing the truth and knowing the truth and and a lot of people a lot of institutions are really like oh man this is not right and one of our natural instincts is when we know that we're wrong we sometimes fight it a little bit you know it's like when you're in an argument with your wife your partner you know you're wrong you just but you're like but what about this and what about that i think we're at a point now we're like okay all right all right all right all right, we got we to get ourselves out of this because we got no choice. If this doesn't stop, it's going to get worse and worse, and it's already getting bad, and we need to take our foot off the gas for a minute, put our foot on the clutch, put it in neutral, and like assess what we got going on here and how we can put ourselves back in the right gear and move forward. Um, you know, I hear a lot of people talk about protests, and I've said this before, and I'm sure you've heard it a million times, but there is no right way to prote protest, Okay. This is all about, this is the tension that has built up for so long. And once again, we're in a place where we know so much about our past that if you, if you, if you do, if you just gather up all this history, yeah, there's no way to get around being angry and just, you know, furious. But once again, anger is good. But being bitter is not good. Being bitter is the things that, you know, keep us from moving forward. Use that anger to organize and mobilize, which is what's happening, especially here in Portland. I'm very proud of this city, man. People out here are just getting out there every day. There's been a protest pretty much every night. So that tells me that this is not something that we normally do. This is not a protest we just do over the weekend and just go on with our lives and go to brunch, okay? This is something that we've known that has happened over and over again, and we're all sick and tired of it because, you know, I don't know. I think that, you know, that's what a, that's basically what a riot is. It's just when you're not being heard. And we're not being heard, okay, we're going to light this thing on fire. Are, do you hear us now? That's what's happening. And we don't want to go through that again, okay? So I think that there is change coming there is we are getting there it's just once again we're in this particular phase of this demonstration of this movement of being upset so i don't know i'm hopeful i'm very hopeful it's just going to take some time so let me say that i you know when the when the news finally when when the news came out um about George Floyd's murder, I I want to tell you what my reaction was initially. 
was that, you know, in seeing what happened, I said, okay, well, they, they're at it again, number one, and this is what they do, number two. And I accepted it. I, I accepted it because initially, because I looked at what it, what has happened over, you know, what we've seen happen over and over and over again over the past, you know, few decades and the high-profile incidents like this, and then I look at the hundreds of years of history that came before that, right? And part of me was just okay. Well, I accepted that. I, this is just what it is, and you know, maybe we'll, there'll be protests, there will be a lot of anger, but things are just going to go back to being what they were. And I'll—I mean, I'll tell you—I am a cynic, mm-hmm. um, and when I look at what we have to fight against, what we have to overcome to get to where we need to be, and what, how that system was put into place, and whom it benefits, and what. They have to lose if it goes away. That makes me very cynical. Yeah. Um. I want to know what. And I, I say we weren't going to talk about feelings, but <laughs> I can't help oh, myself. Oh no, hey. Um, but I want to know what your feelings were when you, when you first saw what happened, to George George Floyd. Well, it took me about a week to watch the video, um, and. Uh, yeah, it's funny. I just got done watching the Dave Chappelle clip on YouTube that he posted, like a thirty-minute bit about what happened, and he and I have the very same experience with it. I didn't want to watch it because I knew what was going to happen. I knew everything that already happened before it happened, so I had to brace myself before I saw it. And of course, when I watched it, it was exactly what I thought. So there was a lot of rage in me. First time in a long time since I felt like, oh, I just want to just cackle that guy off of him you know I would I there was a moment where man I I mean I still get worked up by thinking about it but there's that primitive part of my brain that just wanted to go just wanted to take that push that cop off that guy you know I would have died I probably got tased definitely got arrested but I just want to oh I just wish I could have done something and I think a lot of people when they see that video they all wish they could have done something and people will get onto this the, to this female who shot the video. They, she got a lot of flack about why didn't you do anything? Like, what could she have done? You know. But at the same time, what could she, you know? What could she have done? You know. Uh, so I was feeling obviously outraged. I was still angry. I felt like here we go again. Here's another one. You know. And I already started running through my mind what was gonna go, what was gonna persist after this. You know, this is going to happen. They're going to go and dig in this guy's record, his past. They're going to try to blame the victim and all blah, blah, blah. It's just like happening over and over and over again. So I felt like, yep, here we go again. This is about to help. This is about how about, you know, how's it about to go down? So I felt very angry and sad and just helpless, really. I just felt helpless. So I don't know. But even with that hopelessness, you, you, you still feel hopeful. That, uh, that change is, yeah. is possible. Yeah, because my thing is there's more of us than there are of them. And I'm not just saying black people. I'm just saying, like, good people. You know, there are still more people who are, you know, for the fight, not racist or whatever. 
then there are, you know, these people who are, I don't know, who see me as a target or, or whatever. Um, that's what makes me hopeful. When I see the world marching for us, millions of people marching for people like me, that makes me hopeful. Um, even if this society collapses, I still feel like there's going to be people who have my back somewhere. You know, obviously there are going to be people, <laughs> especially if you drive 10, 15 minutes out of, outside of Portland or mm. any major city, mm. there are going to be those people who are just ready for something to happen. Okay. But I know by and large, there, there, there's a small percentage of those people, even though there are a lot of them, there's not more than us. So I feel hopeful in that. I feel that there are more like-minded, logical people out there in the world. Otherwise, we wouldn't have all this beautiful stuff that we are looking at. You know, we have a society that's thriving. It's not, we're going through a, a bit of a time right now, but we're thriving because we aren't all lizard people. Okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah, we're all going to get pushed for our struggle. We're always going to get that, but that's fine. It makes the struggle even harder. It makes it even stronger. You know, I see, like, especially what's been going on politically and socially with, you know, number 45 and his acolytes and all his followers. That's fine. I want to see them. Like, bring them out. I want to see who they are. Mm. So I know how to address them accordingly. Mm. So this is just a, this is a, uh, this is a true test for us in our, in our time. You know, we're going through a, I call it a cold civil war right now. Yeah. That's what we're going through right now. And in order for you to fight this fight and and really get your feet on the ground and get your hands dirty, you can't go through this with a brittle spirit. This is this is I wanna say I don't want to say this is a war, but this is definitely a defining moment for human beings and survival of the fittest in a certain kind of weird way. Like we have to really put on our armor and get out there and have these uncomfortable conversations with people we don't agree with. We got to have, you know, we got to just toughen up and just get in there and do the work that needs to be done. Um, you know, and we can't get caught up on all these weird semantics and, and feelings and all this stuff. Yes, it's great to have feelings, but you also have to put your nose down and get to work. Mm reach out to your community, educate people that need to be educated and give them resources to, 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 to do that. And, you know, I don't know. Hmm. It's, it, I suppose it's easier said than done because yeah. we're humans. We're stubborn. We're, we're, we are who we are. We're, we're animals essentially, you know, you know, we think that just because we have iPhones and cars and Wi-Fi and Twitter and all that stuff that we're still not, we're still not animals. Okay. We forget about that. That's why we have, we lean to religion and everything. We we are fighting that. We're tamping down that primitive urge just to, you know, burn and kill and all that stuff. You know, it's called being civil. So that's all it is. You know, this is all about civil rights. This is not about, you know, I want you to treat me better than everybody else. All black people and people of color want, we just want the same opportunities as everybody else. We just want to be left alone 
to do what we need to do to be functional human beings in this society. That's it. Yeah. We don't want to have to be bothered with having to think in the back of their, our head, like, oh, man, I wonder if they think that I'm a, I'm a dangerous person. Mm. You know, I used to work in a coffee shop and I used to close at night. And my biggest fear was somebody thinking that I was somebody that I'm not. You know, I'd be walking home at, you know, 11 o'clock at night and I see uh, a white woman and I say, oh, boy, I hope she doesn't think I'm going to try to mug her. Mm. I shouldn't have to think that in the society. Definitely, you know, and, I sh- and, yeah. And Salim, I'm so so sorry we were running out of time uh, today, oh, but okay. we uh, we I you really- know we got to have you back on and, and and talk about the the work you're doing and uh, yeah and, and all and all, all the, the good stuff. Um, yeah. But I uh, then this is the, the work is not done as you said, and we we gotta we we gotta put the work in. Um, and I appreciate the work that you do, and I appreciate you coming on the show today uh, to well, talk with me. Thank you very about much it. for having me. And uh, yeah, please, I, I would love to come back and talk a little bit more um, about at least my work. I'm a local artist. I'm a local photographer. You can find me on SalimSanchez.com or um, you can find me on Instagram, Cicado Omega 2011, or find me on Facebook. Absolutely. And we'll, uh, we'll let people know how to get a hold of you. They didn't catch that the first time. But thanks so much for joining us today, Salim Sanchez. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you.